Welcome back to the Ground Take Podcast. And I'm your host, Oladik Poile Somi. I'm excited for this one. It's our second episode, but then it's about to be really, really hot because I got some top-class analysts coming through for this one. Uh, it's been an amazing NBA season, man. It's been a really, really amazing NBA season. Uh, we have the Bucks versus Suns in the finals. Yeah, very, very awkward-looking finals, but then <laughs> that's what we got. Uh, in our last episode with Como, we made some predictions and some analysis about the playoffs. I Many didn't come to light at all. We saw the Lakers going out in the first round. We saw different things. We saw the Brooklyn Nets going out to the Milwaukee Bucks. We saw Philadelphia 76ers losing to the Hawks. Man, we saw different things in these playoffs. Como, if you are listening to this, man, all our predictions last episode, we did not get anything, man. We were the worst. <laughs> we made the worst predictions last episode, but then that's that's why it's good. That's why it's the game. You know, the game is the game. It comes with the unexpected, and that's, that's why we love it, man. Uh... On our last episode, we had some technical issues while recording. If you listen to our last episode, uh, during at the beginning of the podcast, uh, my voice was a little bit low. Yeah, it's just some technical issues, some rookie mistakes I made, and I'll get, I'll get, be- I'll definitely get better with as the episodes come. So please be patient with me. So uh, I'll be inviting Doko and Joshua, my group chat boys. We always, we always, always go at each other. We always go at each other every time, man. We've we've gone at each other this whole playoffs. It's been fun because we predict, we argue, throw bats at each other, insult each other. But then, at the end of the day, we always, you know, make the right predictions, you know, right analysis. We never ever agree. So trust me, this episode is going to be a big one. You hear series of arguments. Doku and Joshua, their friends. But then, when it comes to analyzing the NBA, bro. They never, ever, ever agree. So it's going to be a very, very fun episode. That's why I'm bringing both of them here. Uh, I won't be arguing with them too much because if three of us start arguing, there's really nobody to anchor this program. So I'll basically just be trying to mediate between them. Hopefully, I don't get too emotional and start arguing with them too because Joshua and Doku can, they can make very, very, very funny predictions and analysis sometimes. Uh, so I'll be bringing them on. We'll just take a short break. And when I'm back, I'll be back with Doku and Joshua. Hi. Yo, what's up, dogs? Joshua. What's up? What's good, my man? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm good, man. Hey man, I'm good, man. Doku, what's good? Everything's good, bro. So you ready? Um, yeah, man, I'm good. Yeah, so it's about to be a really fun episode, man. So you guys should just make sure you don't argue too much, because I know the both of you guys. <laughs> both of you are like Stephen A. Smith and Max Keller, man. <laughs> Alright. It's been a really fun playoffs, man. To me, to what, what what has been like you guys like your most the most surprising thing to you guys is playoffs? Like who what has shocked you? Who or what has shocked you the most? Joshua, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, the most shocking thing is that like there's no superstar right now in the finals. To be honest, Yannis is a superstar now. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Chris Middleton but, yeah. is a superstar, if you ask me. Who? Chris Middleton is a superstar. Nah, I don't agree with that. But he's a star for sure. 
but like yeah i'm sorry i just um i forgot yannis but like yeah just box and sons you know you think box and sons you don't think final you, you think like good teams that you know will be second round exit but like it's been really fun like i don't like it's been it's been nice to like not see the same old faces again exactly but do you not consider devin booker a superstar or do you not consider chris paul a superstar I'd say I'd say um, Devin Booker is borderline superstar. He's he's almost there, but not there yet. Let's see how he performs in the finals, and yeah, we'll we'll decide from there. Chris Paul, Chris Paul, Chris Paul is a star, but not a superstar. You know, I feel like um, there are only like six, seven superstars in the league. That's yeah, my personal LeBron, opinion. Steph, KD, yeah, LeBron, Jordan, Steph, Katie, Kyrie. Exactly. Is Kyrie a superstar? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely, Kyrie is definitely. Yeah, yeah I'd say Kyrie, um, Giannis as well. Yeah, Luca, Luca, Luca. I think Luca yeah. is is proven yeah, to be Luka a superstar. Is a superstar. Yeah. Yes, he is. Wow. So no superstar in these finals. Just uh, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Chris Middleton, and Giannis. Yeah. Giannis should be back by game two. What do you guys think? I think Giannis should be. Yeah, I think they should rest. Okay. Do you know like do you like do the injury updates on this case? Um apparently was working in um was working at different gyms just to check out his leg and yesterday because each team had to like do practice in the stadium itself or in the NBA courts on the NBA court itself and Giannis was there and he looked fine. So I think he's going to play game one. I think Phoenix Suns have home court advantage. Yeah, yeah, because they are the better record. Yeah. Yeah, so so we are starting game one, game two on the Suns ground. That would be a very, very, very interesting matchup, man. Yeah. That would be a very, very interesting yeah, matchup. Yeah. Yes. Personally, so what do you guys think is for game one? Yeah, I think that's the smartest thing yeah. to do. I think you should let uh, the box carry on with the momentum they just used to win the Easter Conference Finals to mm-hmm. go straight yeah. into the Finals. But this is... And if they win game one, Mm-hmm. If they win game one, I feel like you should keep that same team and not keep Statianis yet till they get back to Milwaukee. Nah, mm. nah. Well, this is Finnish Suns is a is a different team. Like, if you look at the games this season, when sure. when everyone was healthy, um, I think the difference in both games was just one point. Phoenix Suns won both games by one point, so like they're evenly matched. So I think. Like, if Yanis looks like, first of all, one thing NBA teams won't do is start their star when he's not fully healthy. So I think if. Yeah, we can, saw that with KD. We saw that with KD and we saw how that planned out with KD. He had to rest the whole Yeah, game. so. We saw that with Clay Thompson too. Clay Thompson exactly. out two years. So he's not smart. So if they, if they think he's healthy, I think they will start him. I want him to start, anyways. I want him to. But um, back to the question you asked about what really surprised me. I think finish, the finish song surprised me. I was just thinking they would get to like the second round and yeah, that's it. But I mean, they really surprised me. That was the, that was the only team that, that surprised me a lot. Also, the Atlanta Hawks, like how far they went. That was, Yo, that was quite impressive. Atlanta Hawks is like the biggest surprise of the season. Yeah, that was yeah. really, really surprising. Yeah. took a bow in... MSG, and then he went to he went to the first seeded Philadelphia and took about that too, man. That boy is a star. 
Apple is an upcoming superstar. Like I know he was good, but like this, this. Yeah, he really, he really turned it up this playoffs. He really turned it up. But then you know, you know how well, um, you know how well injuries always play out in the story of teams that get to finals and win it. We saw that with Golden State in Golden State's run against um Cleveland, um Kyrie got injured, Kevin Love got injured in the Western Conference finals, um. Kawhi Leonard got injured one time, then Chris Paul yeah, got injured. Exactly. You know, injuries are always a major, major feature in every, in every winning story, every season. And now, if you look at the Phoenix Suns this season, uh, Anthony Davis got injured in their first round. They went against um, Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets did not have Jamal Murray, and then mm-hmm. they went against um, Clippers, and Kawhi Leonard fell out. Yeah. So you can see that injuries also have like. A role to play the Phoenix Suns story. Injuries also have a role to play in Milwaukee Bucks story because I feel they would not have won that series if we had the three-headed goats: Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant. I don't. never know. Like you never. No, know. no, 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 Toko, I know we made this prediction that the Bucks were going to. <laughs> Being honest, Toko, let's be very, very, very factual. Let's be very, very mm-hmm. factual, Toko. Okay, okay, I'm going to. There, if you had the three-headed goat there, there was nothing, bro. Even with the even with, with the headed goals, with with a hamstring, mm-hmm. um, with a hamstring, James Harden and just KD, we saw how that game went Wait, down. But via in game seven, I agree with you. I agree with you. Like if the three guys were fully healthy, then probably or most likely the Nets would have won. I agree, but I still feel the Nets had enough to still win the series. I mean, if you think about it, James Harden was down for the first four games. Kyrie was there for the four games, right? And then James Harden came back and obviously wasn't his usual self. But I mean, every time on the floor, they had two of their top three. And also, let's not discount Blake Griffin as well, who was playing, who actually played very well this series. Like, forget the numbers he gave you when he was younger, like, let's say 24 points or whatever. He did a good job. Yeah, he played his role very well. So I feel the Nets still had enough on the floor. Like, every time on the floor, they had Kyrie. Durant and Griffin, or Harden, Durant and Griffin, that's enough, like to beat the box. And or, they have a really good supporting cast too, so I feel like they, yeah, they had. There's no excuse for the Brooklyn. I want to say something about like Harden. Like the thing with Harden is that even though he wasn't hundred percent, mm-hmm. you can't like discount the attention that you get as a superstar, like because even if players know you are not hundred percent. It won't just leave you open like yeah, he was son, a decoy. Was yeah, a decoy. exactly. That's why it was also, good because everybody knew he was going to get the attention. He was going to get floor spacing, exactly to free up KD, and that was that was the thing. But then, like that you know, impact can be understood. But if you know about KD's big foot, uh, he stepped on the line. <laughs> yeah, that was. Could have hit a three to end end their season, but you know it happened. So the, when, the game actually went down to the wire. It was anybody's game for the taking. So um, yeah. When I saw that shot, I was. I thought, I'm happy I thought he didn't make that though, because if not, I, I wouldn't have been able to slide there. I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> but all the yeah, like, everybody go collect eventually. Everybody go collect, everybody. my brother. Everybody, <laughs> even LeBron collect this season. Curry yeah. self collect. Everybody I want to say something to like, like, LeBron don't collect. Curry, uh-huh. Curry don't collect. We <laughs> go go round. He's there for the taking. Guys, can you hear me? Can you hear me? 
Oh yeah, I wanted to add something. Although like, it's not the same impact, but let's not forget the box were missing the Vicenzo as well. Would, and I feel he would have like played a difference in that series as well. So like, the box also had injuries as well. Or just one injury yeah, that definitely they did. Yeah. The so, is a very very important player. Very very important player for the team. Very 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 important player for the team. I mean, and like that, when you were watching Milwaukee box, like you could tell like they were a bit stiff, like they were not fluid as they mm. were during the regular yeah, season. And I feel that was down to Divincenzo because Divincenzo is a guard. He can like take the ball off Yanis or Drew or Chris Middleton. Like he just had. He can create his own shot. Exactly. He can create his own shot. Shoots, he plays defense. Exactly. Runs in transition. So, He's just there for them. You know, so I feel that was also like he, uh, he made he made Brian Forbes step up, and uh, we saw how good of a shooter Brian Forbes could be. But then uh, let's 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 leave um the Milwaukee Bucks and Brooklyn Nets series. Let's talk about the NBA Finals mm-hmm, and our mm-hmm. predictions. What do, what do we think here? Whose legacy is on ground? Whose legacy is more important here? Chris Paul's legacy or Giannis's legacy? Chris Paul has had um Chris Paul has has had um I think a fifty. 16 year career in the NBA, mm-hmm. and he's never been to the finals. He's always having, he's always having almost nearly, nearly cannot kill the bed. Uh, this is the first time he's actually going to the finals, and he said it in an interview when they were being given the Western Conference um, trophy. He said, it's "Because of that light skin guy right there." So it was uh, that was talking about Devin Booker. So we all know Devin mm-hmm. Booker is like the number one scorer on that team, but then Chris Paul is. Not just the vocal, but then the emotional leader of that team as well. So we know how important Chris Paul, just Chris Paul and Jay Crowder were added with him like the most important pieces that were added to that team that could not make the playoffs last year and now they are in the NBA finals. So you can see how very, very pivotal those two players are, Jay Crowder and Chris Paul. And Jay Crowder was was in the finals last year and now he's in the finals this year. So you understand that Jay Crowder too is also a very, very Important player for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, he's emotionally he and knows, mentally. He knows the game. Like I don't think he would. Feel he knows the, the game. He's been there before. Yeah, exactly. He's been there before. So, and he's the only player right now in the final that was there last year. I feel like that's going to be a very, very yeah. important um, thing for the Phoenix Suns. For and me, then we have Chris Paul. For me, like I don't even know, like. I like Yanis, but I also like Chris Paul. Like I want both of them to win, but unfortunately, only one can can win. Um, yeah. whose legacy is it gonna? I think it's gonna help Chris Paul's legacy way more. But in terms of whose legacy is on the line, I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody's legacy is on the line because, like, Yanis is twenty six. He still has a lot of time ahead of him, so he can still win in the future. I feel like it's Chris Paul's legacy that is on So that. I feel, well, Chris Paul, like if Chris Paul, everyone is used to like Chris Paul not winning. <laughs> I don't know if that if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I so like, yeah. I mean, for him to for him to lead for him to lead the Phoenix Suns to the finals with the help of Devin Booker and also the teammates, that's that's yeah. an achievement. So. <laughs> Crazy shit, yeah. already. Even if he loses, I don't think it hurts his legacy. So I don't know. But I don't know is, if it hurts you know, you know, it is in the West, legacy like that. In the West, this is. Let me not say. I won't put it like. I don't want to say this is like his only time to like win it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers are coming back next year, stronger and better. Um, LeBron will be healthy. AD will be healthy. 
uh, I'm, I'm hearing some some rumors about Zach Lavin selling his house in Chicago, moving to the Lakers. He always wanted to play in um, Los Angeles. Oh, so man. I, I had I, I heard Zach that, Lavin. Yeah, Zach Lavin sold his <laughs> That's house. That's the guy pushing for us to get. I don't know how possible it is, but if we get him, then it's Zach Lavin sold his house in Chicago, and then there are reports that he may be going to the Lakers. So uh, we have Zach mm-hmm. Lavin there. Uh, we have the Warriors getting... Um, Clay Thompson back next season. Yeah. James Wiseman back rumors, next season. There are rumors like the Warriors want to trade um, Wiseman and a couple of their first round picks this year for a legit star. Exactly. So you never like know. a legit superstar yeah. to yeah. come back to come on their team. Mm-hmm. So the, these guys like the whole the West is going to be stacked next year back. We, we understand how the NBA works. One season mm-hmm. goes right for you and it's that your season. The season went right for Lakers last year, even if they were, they were in the bubble. And I, 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 I wouldn't really consider that like uh, a, a serious win because they were in the bubble. They were basically in the gym. Not, not, I'm not trying to take anything away from the bronze, bronze legacy, but then they were basically in the gym last year. And it all, all went right for them last year. And they won. And uh, this year, they, they go out in the first round. Do you understand? In so, series, my boy. In, exactly. The NBA is a window. The NBA is always a window. Once you put a team together to win, you have a two-season or a three-season window at max Mm -hmm. for cap, for salary cap, for cap space, for everything, for it to work right. You have two or three seasons max to win something out of it. So this is basically Chris Paul's season to you know get the job done because every other thing is coming back stronger next season. But don't you think don't you think you can say the same thing about the East cuz I mean obviously we also how on serious the next players took this season. I think next season they're going to be on their game. You um you, you are thinking of the Sixers making moves as well possibly with Ben Simmons. So the net um the East as well is going to be stacked. So like you can also say like whoa, Yanis like should take should make use of this opportunity as well. But obviously, I think yeah. the Suns, I think this is only going to be like the window the Suns can use to win a championship. Also, because of you Chris know, Paul's age as well. Yeah, that's very, very true. But you know you know what I talked about? I, I, I laid more emphasis on the Suns. I laid mm-hmm. more emphasis on the Suns because uh, I predicted this um, on NBA.com mm-hmm. at the beginning of the playoffs, I predicted the Bucks to win it all this season. Same, same. No, I told you. Same, yeah. I predicted the Bucks to win it all. And so, but I did not predict the Suns going past the first round. I didn't predict the Suns beating the Lakers in the first round. So this, the Lakers, the Suns are the biggest surprise this season. Yeah, to yeah, me. like I said. Not this, not not um, mm. Bucks because I expected the Bucks to do what they what they are currently doing. They have the capa- they have the capacity to do that. Uh, they traded and played so for um for Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton stepped up this season. So they have the they have the key pieces to do that. Not the Suns. You know, I don't want to call this season a fluke season for the Suns, but then it's part of the game. They come, it happens. But, do you understand? Mm. But I don't like, see them doing this again next after, season. After, mm. I think probably I at the beginning team after adding Chris Paul, but like to think they'll get this far, I didn't expect that. Even the second seed, which was like we can't forget the regular season. That was great. They were great in the regular season. Yeah. Like they they'd be really impressive this year. Very, very. Looking back very, very impressive. They those boys can score the ball. They can score mm-hmm. from all sides of the court. 
and they have a great coach too. That's that's also what's helping them. That Monty Williams guy really deserved. Yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. And also, um, their GM, that was TM Their GM James Jones as well has done a very good job. Cause yeah, like yeah. everybody, everybody thinking about Chris Paul would be like he's he's old. He's old about over thirty million dollars. Like why would I want to have this guy on my books? And it was like he saw something in Chris Paul, and he made the move. And obviously, we can see how that has turned out. So I also commend the job he has done as well. And then he dropped forty-one yeah. in the closeout game against ah, Chris the Clippers. Paul has he, he told you how he told you how he's not he's not he's not done yet. He's not done. He still has some he still has something something in his bag to give to the end. So yes. no, no disrespect to Chris Paul at all. He's still a star in his own right in this league. And then I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he's going to do. This final series, man, the most important series of the season. So, uh, what, what, how do you think um, the Suns can stop Yanis, um, or how do you think the Bucks can stop um, Devin Booker? I, I see Drew Holiday guarding Devin Booker, and that's a very, very good matchup. So, uh, I don't want to say Drew Holiday is going to slow down Devin Booker because for this first game, there is no Yanis. So there's more scoring responsibility on Drew, um, on Drew, and because there's more scoring responsibility on him, his defense will definitely go like drop. That's that's just a normal thing in basketball because mm-hmm. he needs to increase his concentration on you know on the, on the offensive side of the floor. But then Drew Holiday versus Devin Booker that would be a very very interesting matchup to see. Right. Very. I it, think and Julie they can definitely like he's definitely up to the task. It's going to be hard. I feel he's like, going to be able to slow down Devin Booker. But be in terms of slowing down Yannis, and they just need a really good strategy because eighteen alone can't <laughs> slow down Yannis. No, we talked about Jay Crowder. Yeah. Like Jay Crowder was there with the heat that beat Yannis last season, and it was part of that wall that they used. It was bam. Um, yeah, yeah, Butler and Jay Crowder guarding on his last season yeah. in the playoffs. And Crowder, like, I don't, he doesn't give a lot of value to me offensively. He's not, he's not that guy. He's very streaky with his shooting. Like, he'll give you like one good thing the amount of five. So, like, yeah, in terms of defense, that's where he has to put in that work. And yeah, to guard Yanis, you just need the personnel for it. It's long. You need length. You need muscle and like yeah, Jay Crowder will definitely be able to help. But then Loco, Loco, yes. Loco, we, we all know how um Yanis can can be stopped if you put if you put a wall in the paint, Yanis can be stopped. We mm-hmm. showed that with the heat last season. Um and then now we have this crowd that guy and we have eighteen. So they have two guys in the paints that are really, really strong. But I know the rest Yanis can beat that. I know the regular season doesn't count much, but um I'm pretty sure Yanis averaged 40 against the Phoenix Suns this season. So, yeah, and both teams played um, each other when they were healthy. So, I think Yanis has done it before. I don't expect him to average 40, but I still think it could give you, like, an easy 27. Personally. Mm-hmm. And I don't consider, I I don't do consider 27 points you stopping Yanis. One thing I really think Yanis lacked in his game that most people didn't realize was... Yanis lacked like a very good playmaker and point guard. That's one thing they didn't have in the previous years with Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is just like a normal point guard. He's good defensively, offensively. 
is just above average. And now you see like um, Drew Holiday averaging about eight assists, nine assists, like giving some love and stuff. So I think Yanis's game has actually opened up a bit because he lacked a, a good. I'm not saying um, Drew Holiday is a great playmaker, but I feel Drew Holiday is good enough to um, play make for Yanis. So I think I don't expect the Suns to, or you know the tip, um, the typical create a wall. I don't expect that to work as much as it did previously obviously they can limit Yanis, but i still expect Yanis to average 27 minimum if he plays yeah i i feel he should be able to and he should just uh the sons will want to look to send him to the line a lot so he needs to definitely step up his free throw shooting i i think he did that against um the Nets. The he averaged 30 against the i Nets, think he stepped up so... in, and he stepped up exactly so yeah. he, he can step up his shoot his free throw shooting that's one thing that'll be very very pivotal for him but then sometimes he overthinks it at his beginning of the playoffs we saw him Every taking 15 20, 15 20 seconds to shoot a free throw come on so uh, <laughs> gave an analysis in on espn first take he said it takes um, a shorter time for Usain Bolt to run 100 meters than for Yanni to shoot the free throw. That's a crazy stat, and that's very, very true. <laughs> it takes it's nine seconds for Usain Bolt to run 100 meters, and we saw Yanni's going over 15 seconds yeah. for free throw shooting like countless times in the playoffs. And to me, I, I feel like he needs to step up on that. He definitely uh, needs he to work on it. Because um, I think he had like a few violations, um, 10 second violations. So I don't wonder, I don't think anyone wants that to happen. So he has to change up his routine a bit. He definitely has to. But then Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday is such a, a reputable point guard in the league. I feel like he's the, he's the most underrated point guard in the league for me. Uh, Lebron has said it, Steph has said it, Damian Lillard has said it. You know, mm. stars in the league have said that he's a very, very good point guard. And now this season is. On the defensive end of the floor, he's there. On the offensive end, he's there. Yanis went down. He was the backup scorer for Chris Middleton. And he did his role perfectly well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what he'll do in his first I was, I was speaking to someone about like the acquisition of Drew Holiday earlier in the season. And I was very hyped up about that move because the person was basically saying Drew Holiday isn't like a superstar. He's not like, would he actually make that much of a difference? And I was like, Sure, Drew Holiday might not put up like the Steph Curry numbers, the Kyrie every number. Well, he was definitely an upgrade from Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, yeah, but he's a major upgrade. He's a major upgrade. He would give you like easy 20, 22, six, six assists. And also, when you like add everything he does on the defensive end as well, like he's a very, very solid player. So very gone, very, very solid. Like once you add his offensive so much, responsibilities yeah. and defensive responsibilities, like once you put everything in the picture, Drew Holiday is a very, very great player. So he's definitely gonna make a difference. Definitely. But then for me, it's disappointing. This player's own line, like the inconsistency. With the well, shooting, I put that on the coaching, to be honest, because like lots of times they don't put the guy in a position where like where he he would succeed. Like, after this season, win or lose, I think um, Budenhauser has to go. Mm-hmm. But, like, them making the finals might, you know, give him some years on his, um, some more years. Can give him, like, two more years on his contract. So, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but I think him losing to the Phoenix Suns might, uh, might affect his credentials. So, I, I, mm. but then the most important player for me this series, Chris Middleton, um, the Bucks are, 
10 and 0, 10 and 10 wins and zero losses in the playoffs anytime he shoots above 40 percent. And we saw that because he's the closer for them from the field. Still with Tobias, Harris is the closer for the Philadelphia 76ers, Chris Middleton is the closer for um, Milwaukee Bucks. So I feel like if he gets it going, this series is going to be very we saw it in that game six against the Hawks. Yeah. Cam Reddish put on the show, but then Chris Middleton already already separated the box from the Hawks in the first half. Whoa, he was so on like, fire. He, he was on he was he was hot. hot. That third quarter I was like, whoa, this guy is Bro, he took over. I told you anytime he plays like Prime Michael Jordan, the box are going to win. <laughs> yeah. Yanis is definitely their best player, but Middleton has to be the most important. Because he's the only, he's like the one that's, he's the most diverse scorer, the one that can score anyhow. We know Yanis, his game is Exactly. Insane. The oh. thing about so NBA, NBA teams, if you, look at the, if you look at the history of NBA teams, like Shaq needed someone like Kobe, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm Abdul-Jabbar needed someone like Magic Johnson, like someone that can like shoot very well. So like, Definitely, someone like um, Adeto Kumpo needs a Chris Middleton to be on his game. Like, that's just how... Yeah. Like, um, Yanis can't shoot a lot. You can't win without someone that can't shoot. So you always need to balance out the non-shooter with the shooter. And if Chris Middleton is on his game, whew, This series is... I feel this series is evenly matched, man. Like, I don't even know who's going to win, but... I want the box to, anyway. I think because of that, that's why, like, I've always, I've been saying I want to see Yanis and Steph Curry together because, Jesus Christ, I know that duo will be, like, ridiculously unfair, but, like, that would, that would be crazy for both of them because it's basically open up all their games, man. We could something on the side. Okay, Thompson even before, like, but then I don't think, I don't think Yanis will want to go to the Warriors. Now, because yeah, now, uh, the Bucks have made the finals. It looks like <laughs> he's building something right there in Milwaukee. So, uh, it pained yeah. me too. It, um, two things that really, really pained me as a Warriors fan: Yanis going to the finals and um, Kawhi going to the Utah Jazz. <laughs> that was justice for me. I know, I knew I was not getting any both of them in free agency. So it was really, really painful for me, man. But there are still some other small falls in the markets that we can get. So, don't worry. Yeah, there are still some guys. There are still some guys we can push for. There are still some guys we can push for, exactly. But guys, there is one very, very important matchup we've not discussed what, what in this series, and that's DeAndre 18 versus Brook Lopez. It's going to be a very, very fun one because DeAndre 18 is mm-hmm. definitely one of the best finishers in the paint, like in the, as like one of the best mm-hmm. big men finishers in the paint in the league right now. Uh I didn't, I didn't watch him much in the regular season, but in the playoffs, when I started watching the Suns more, I saw why they, they were the second seed. Like, that boy is, that boy is mm. strong. That boy is really, really strong. He's in his second or third season, and he's playing like a veteran. He reminds and me of Robinson. Been... Robinson on the sports. Like, he's very, very strong and very Yeah, efficient. very, very, very strong. He's built. Graduating is built. Uh, if he was in Nigeria, I would have said he, his, his age was... He, he, uh, he was older than he said he was, but then he's a bro. Those guys have a system that works. So you guys, Brook Lopez. Brook Lopez shoots. Uh, he shot the ball really well against the Atlanta Hawks. Yanis went down, so his scoring responsibility went up. So he started. You know, he was. He was always standing in the corner. He was always standing, spreading, spacing out the floor, so Yanis could drive. 
when Yanis was playing. So Yanis went down. So he was uh, he played more inside the paint because now there was no more center. So he played more inside yeah. the paint with Yanis down. So we saw how well he could play in the paint. We saw how well we've seen how well he can shoot the ball from outside. How do you think? And now we have DeAndre Ayton that is going to be outside the three point line most of the time because. Brook Lopez is outside the three-point line, except they want to mix that matchup. If he wants to guard Brook Lopez, he's going to be outside the three-point line most of the time, and that will open up the floor for Joe Holiday and Chris Middleton to get in the paint. So mm. I do not know how um, the Suns are going to work around that defensive matchup, but then if Brook Lopez is going to space the floor, then the Suns will really have a problem in defending the paint because there will be nobody there. And DeAndre Ayton is the major... Paints defender. Yeah. So how do you think that matchup will pan out? Because that's to me, it's going to be a major, major decider in that series. That's fact. Mm, and then you can go. Yeah, you can go. Yeah. Um. What they can do is um. Also, we know um when Giannis is playing as well. That's another thing they can do. But I don't know how it's going to work. Probably. The crowder would be on Yanis and Aiton would be on Brook Lopez. Then when Brook Lopez is outside, they change, they switch it up and put Aiton on Yanis and the crowder on Brook Lopez. It's something Monty Williams has to figure out for sure. But we all know how he the definitely does has to figure out that. Yeah, like they can, there will be a lot of switches, a lot of switches going on. So mm, I don't expect it to be too much of a problem, but. The Suns need Aiton in that paint because uh, if Aiton is not in that paint, Yanis is going to have a field day. He's going to drop 50, <laughs> 60, 70. <laughs> <laughs> you can see Yanis drop yeah. 50, 60 if Aiton is not in that paint. You need two, three people in that paint to stop Yanis, not just Aiton. Exactly. So it's going to be like a coaching dilemma for the, for the Suns. It's something they have to figure out. But... That's also something um, Bodenhauser has to take advantage of. He definitely has to take advantage of that. And then two two major guys that have surprised us from both teams in the playoffs are uh, Cameron Payne and Brian Forbes. Brian Forbes. Uh, I don't want to talk about Campaign, man. Campaign, <laughs> I love that boy. I love that boy. He's a lefty. He's a very, very silky lefty boy. He's just... He's no. just out there to do his thing, you know. He's always having fun. He's just out there, just does his thing, you know. Gets gets yeah. to the spot, takes his shots, confident. He's born there. Like, Chris Paul went out and he was I the mean, second that, scorer that for series, the Suns. I thought like, mm, mm. in the Lakers series, I thought like that that was a proper pass. Like he's not going to do that again. But this guy has been consistent, especially when he get, gets the game time, because you know. Being Chris Paul's backup, it's not every time he gets um, the minutes. Time, yeah. But like when he gets the minutes, he has been delivering big time. Yeah, he's ready. The boy is ready to shoot the ball. That's, that's like the most important thing. That's like the most, the most, uh, the thing that set him out these players. He's just ready to shoot the ball. And like, he's ready he, to he, he took really tough shots well. and he made them. He's ready to drive to the paint as well. Like he's just, he's, I think one thing that's helped him a lot is he's very aggressive. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Very uh, yeah, aggressive mentally. Yeah, he's very, very aggressive mentally. He knows one, what he wants to do on the floor. One other guy too that has impressed me a bit is Cameron Johnson. I don't know if you guys know him. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my yeah. white boy. Yeah, and you know you can shoot that well. Yeah. <laughs> wow. His threes have been key, man. They've been falling. Very, very key. They've been falling. And so now, we've talked about um, we've talked about the matchups. We've talked about Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. We've talked about the matchups. We've talked about defensive settings. What's your prediction? Yeah. Because we are going to definitely hold ourselves accountable to our predictions. <laughs> uh, last, you, you guys know I do. Episode, you guys know I do. Doku, I was doing something. At the beginning of the players, I was doing something with you. I was being smart. Yeah, I was I was there, I was scrutinizing Yanis, but at the same time I was still picking the box to win. <laughs> and, and I think this thing that thing really pissed Doku off because it was like this guy pick his side, but well, I, I just knew I, I, I couldn't I couldn't write off Yanis completely, even if it was he was playing nonsense at the time. I couldn't write him off completely because he's a superstar. A superstar will always be a superstar. So uh Doku this time around, this is the last series of the playoffs, last mm-hmm. series of the season. So Everybody is picking who they want to win in how many games. We hold ourselves accountable to that. So, so, Doku, you go first. The thing is, with the box, I've been almost perfectly right this season. Um, the first game, I said box in five against the Heat. The Nets, I said box in seven, and against the Hawks, I said box in six. So now, the Phoenix Suns. I haven't got oh, any Doku, of my... Let me check my destiny too. Man. <laughs> man, Doku's predictions have been top, man. Uh-uh. They've been top this playoffs. So, oh, God. Not just even with the box. Yeah. Doku's predictions have been top this playoffs. I give the you Phoenix that. Phoenix Suns have also been... I didn't expect them to get to the finals. That was one thing I... I said I knew they were going to beat Lakers. As soon as I saw AD going down, I was like, Phoenix Suns got this. Against Denver Nuggets, obviously, without Jamal Murray, no doubt. I thought Phoenix yeah. would win in five. Probably the MVP would get one game, but he didn't. Then in the finals, I didn't. I, I thought, yeah, in the finals with Kawhi down, I also felt the Phoenix Suns would win. So this is a very good matchup. But I've gonna, I'm gonna have to stick with my Nigerian brother Yanis Atento Adeto Kumpo. Let me say his name correctly. I'm choosing, <laughs> I'm choosing the box to win in six. Okay, Doku goes with the box to win in six. Okay, uh, what you got? What you got, Joshua? What you got? Uh, yeah, make I share it small because, like, I don't know how <laughs> I don't like in my predictions, right? I don't want to be biased. I use my heart because, like, I think I don't even know who I want to win yet. Because, like, you know, for Chris Paul, for instance, like he said, this is his last chance. This guy, I feel this is his last chance to win. Bro, it's definitely his last chance. There's no other chance coming. No other chance coming. There's no other chance coming. This is his last chance. He knows that. He knows. And like, so I want him to win because of that. But at the same time, I want Yanis to win because like, that would mean, imagine if Yanis wins now, this guy has completed basketball at 26, man. He has all the awards, all the accolades, everything. So it's it's tough, but like based on what I've seen, especially if Yanis comes back, I think it's box. But let me see box in seven. Okay, me I got the box in seven as well because I feel like Devin Booker is going to give them a tough job. Chris Paul is going to give them a tough job. I feel like they, I feel like the Suns have, I feel like the Suns have all the pieces to to give up a really 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 good fight. And I I told you about Crowder. Jay Crowder being in the finals last year is also going to be 
a um, major feature for the sun. So I believe like that experience is really going to be a boost, an added boost for the sun. So I'll go, I'll go with Box in seven because just because of one thing, and that's Yanis. Yanis is like uh, the what? X factor. So one thing, in, one person we are not mentioning and is a major factor, although not on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, PJ Tucker. You know why I did not talk about PJ Tucker? Yeah. <laughs> Should I tell you why I did not talk about PJ Tucker? All right. Let me tell you why I did not talk about PJ Tucker. I noticed something that's changed. You know, his minutes dropped from the Brooklyn Nets series um, and the Atlanta Hawks series. Mm-hmm. His not minutes dropped. Though. And you know why? PJ Tucker is a one-on-one defender and a corner three shooter. That's Apart from the fact that, yes, he gives his... 101% on the floor, he's great and grind all through, all pure efforts, he's, he fights for you, you know, he's like, he's an emotional leader and all that. Mm-hmm. PJ Tucker is, his job on the floor is stand in the corner, when they help, we kick out to you, you hit threes, at least you'll be able to hit two or five on, on a bad day, and you stop an opposing player one-on-one. And now, there is really no player, I think, uh, except, let's say, Chris Paul, there's really nobody, or maybe Devin Booker, yeah, I think I think Chris Paul, I think Devin um, PJ Tucker is going to be the one on Devin Booker. I feel like um, Monty Williams will want to switch up. You know, it's good to when you switch up the defensive options on a star player, so he mm. doesn't really know how they are coming yeah. at him. So he can throw Drew Holiday at you, then after he chose PJ Tucker at you, then after he ch- maybe he chose Chris Middleton He's at you. He's going to be switching it up. He's going to be switching. I think up. I think PJ Tucker should guard um, Booker a bit because you saw how like. As much as I don't like um, Pat Bev, I think he did a really good job on um, Booker for a lot of the series. It's like people were already comparing Booker with like Stephen A, not people were already calling Booker the next Kobe and everything. But like the thing that separates Kobe from most people, like Kobe loves the physicality of the game. Like if you beat him, you're bodying this guy during the game. He, this he guy is a psycho. But Buka, you could tell, like, that shit was bothering him, like, his efficiency dropped. Now that you're saying this, now that you're saying this, I was, I was mm. scrolling through YouTube one time, I was scrolling through YouTube one time, and then they were making um, an analysis, you know, they did, they did like, a short documentary on, you know, David Booker walked out with Kobe Bryant shortly before he died. Kobe Bryant really, really walked out with David Booker shortly before he died, and they were really close friends and all that. Mm-hmm. So I saw this comparison, um, David Booker was playing a pickup game. I think his um, LA Fitness he was playing a pickup game, and you know he was just doing it. You know all these NBA stars when they go to go and play pickup games with regular players, you know they're just always yeah, yeah. just getting their offensive bag and mm-hmm. score. They don't really want to do much. They don't really play defense. Don't put in effort like that because it's not their professional matches. And then they sent a double. They sent a double team. I know the video. Um, I know the video. Okay, you know that video. They double team him and he was complaining about it. And he was complaining. He was complaining about it. And then they immediately they showed the video of Kobe Bryant saying he loves double teams when he wants to go and play pickup basketball. And you can see the difference in the Bro. mentality. That's the only thing that will separate not just Booker, but any other player from Kobe Bryant. Kobe loves the pain. Kobe loves the struggle. He's fell in love with the struggle. If you slap Kobe in the play face, he'll tell you he loves it. <laughs> Kobe was double a psycho. He'll tell you... I think it was, it was like... I think you broke his nose one time. It was like, yeah. I like that. 
you understand? No, no, no. Let us. We should never. It will be a great disrespect to be comparing anybody to Kobe Bryant. I don't think we we'll ever ever see that Kobe Bryant mentally, physically, uh, the way anybody works, the work ethic. Nah, I don't. I don't think we should compare anybody to Kobe Bryant. But yeah, back to PJ Tucker. The PJ Tucker um, factor. Yeah, he's going to be uh, not just on Devin Booker, but anybody that gets hot. And PJ Tucker can switch. He can guard one to five. Yeah. We all know he can guard one to five, like mm. perfectly well. He has guarded AD before. He has he has guarded Kevin Durant six eleven. He guards yeah. point guards. He has guarded Steph Curry. He can guard the one to five. <laughs> so he's crazy against Bro, they need he's he's a very <laughs> very 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 instrumental player. He does mm. it all for you. Oh, he stands in the corner and he shoots he shoots the corner three. What I don't do, think. One thing I think Bodenosa should do is basically. Um, what's his name? Chris Paul and um, Devin Booker should be guarded by Middleton, PJ Tucker, and Drew Holiday. You should just be switching the three of them. Yes. On anybody, up. like any chance, because you know NBA players like um, they would want to do like the um, the switches to probably get a favorable player defending Chris Paul. Probably they will switch to kind of get Brook Lopez defending um, Chris Paul. Yeah. But, those players, like, those players have to fight through no matter what. No matter what, one of those three must always be guarding one of those two. Then, um, Michael Bridges, Jay Crowder, and Yanis, um, sorry, and DeAndre Ayton will find whoever is left to just guard them. You get what I'm saying? You know, I forgot about Michael Bridges. forgot about Michael Bridges. Michael Bridges does do his job. Yeah, he's also good defensively, and that's why the Suns are a switching team. In fact, they switched the most defensively in the regular yeah. season. No team switched more than them on the defensive end. They switched because they have players that are very, very versatile defensively. I feel like Michael Bridges can guard one to four. Um, Devin Booker can guard one to three. Chris Paul can guard one and two. Chris Paul too is also an excellent defender. Jay Crowder can yeah. guard one to four. DeAndre Ayton can guard three to five. You know, these guys can switch on the defensive end. They are not scared mm. to switch because they are all versatile. I think that's one of the reasons why the Suns got to the second seat and are either in, and they are also in the NBA Finals. It's not just about the offense. If you don't play defense, you won't win games. Exactly. We, we all know that. Defense, so they know they defense can switch. wins championships. Defense wins championships. Except exactly. you are on a crazy super team. <laughs> Like Even the Warriors, Warriors yeah, exactly. in 2019, they play defense. But the Warriors defense. still play good defense. Like Warriors, one thing I know about the Warriors is is even their defense that they set them play up smart defense. Me. Like they don't play tough defense, but smart defense. Draymond Green, yeah. Draymond Green's IQ defensively is great. That guy is so smart. Yeah, I'm not a Green fan, but like that's something like I've come to respect over the years. Even this year, like, shit was on full display, like, the whole time. Because he's obviously, his skills and stuff, his athleticism and things are declining. But yeah, he's obviously. just really smart at, like, reading the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw something about him working, working on his offensive um, game next season. So oh, we definitely well, expect that. <laughs> so, Doku, you got, you got the box in six. Joshua, you got the box. Box in seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Box in seven. But that's crazy. None of us. None of us. We all got the box. None of us went with the Suns. None of us (laughs) went with the Suns. Uh, I think my comeback to bite us. 
no, no. I, I hope he doesn't come back to bite us. I want, I want Yanis to win his first ring. So uh, I think we're all thinking the same direction as well. So, but you all know we didn't say boxing five. We said boxing six. Yeah. You said boxing mm-hmm. seven. I said boxing seven. So we say seven too. He might go down to the wire and something might happen and Sons win it. But then I'm, I'm willing to see whoever comes out of that series two a.m. game one live That's ESPN. Nice. Man, I'm not going to miss any final game. I'm not going to miss any final minutes. Hopefully, I get my sleep intact. <laughs> Be a very funny one. But then there are some other interesting stories, man. Free agency is upon us. Free agency is upon us. We have some. We have some key players that are free agents. Some are free agents. Uh, some want out. Some are some. <laughs> I saw I saw something on ESPN first take. Uh, was it two days ago? Yesterday, uh, I saw the Clippers willing to trade Kawhi Leonard for Luka Doncic. That's Ooh. impossible. Won't happen though. Luka is on the like that. he never. Mark Cuba would never let Luka go. Impossible. Definitely, you'll be. <laughs> it's an impossible trade, but it, I, it I can't even happen. It can't even happen. First of all. We all know about Kawhi's injury. Secondly, Kawhi is 30 years old. Thirdly, mm. Kawhi is a free agent, so Dallas can just get him through, through yeah. free agency. Because but do you see Kawhi be signing with the Clippers? I think he's, yes, I think so. I think it's like, most likely he signed. Something about Max wanting Kawhi. Imagine a Luka Kawhi. I don't think it's possible, but imagine a Luka Kawhi duo. That would be extremely. That's, 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 that's what I want, man. That is what right. I want. <laughs> that that's is all I want. That's a ring right there. Look at Kawhi, Matibo Kawhi, and his injury issues. I feel like that's why teams are shying away from getting Kawhi because they know that he just always gets injured. We've seen this plenty of times. We saw it in 20, mm-hmm. 2019 or 2018, 2017 against the Warriors Western Conference Finals. And then we see it again this season. He just gets injured when you need him the most. I feel like that's that's his Achilles heel to me. That's the only issue that Kawhi has as a player. I feel his um, injury issues. The Dallas yeah. Mavericks have a good like team. Um, that helps with like injuries and stuff. I feel like obviously Kawhi. If Kawhi goes to the Mavs, I think they have the uh, access to load managing well because. You've obviously got Luca that can carry the team without Kawhi. I think Kawhi would be a great addition, but for them to get Kawhi, they need to get rid of Porzingis, man. Porzingis has to go. <laughs> I don't. Porzingis has to go. Porzingis man. has to go. Like I'm thinking, probably if if the Mavs have a good opportunity or if it's realistic for the Mavs to sign Kawhi, I think they have to let Porzingis go and get someone like Christian Woods. Or someone like Pascal Siakam. Uh, I don't think I don't think the Rockets are letting Christian. Yeah, Wood but I mean Pascal they are, Siakam they are rebuilding is in the market, there. They so. have John Wall. They have Kevin Potter. They have mm-hmm. Monati, They have some guys. But Pascal, Pascal Siakam is on the market, so like if we can try and get someone like Pascal Siakam, I just don't feel Pozingis is the way. Also, I don't think mm. Kawhi would want to play with Pozingis. No chance. After after what <laughs> Kawhi has seen playing against Pozingis. <laughs> There's no way Kawhi will join the team. And we all know Kawhi is serious about the players he wants to play. He's a serious-minded player. He knows, he knows the guys he wants to play with. He knows the guys he wants to play with. He knows the guys he wants to play with. He knows the guys he wants to play with. He knows the guys he wants to play with. He knows the guys he wants to play with. He knows
He's going for the cup. He's going for he's going for a ring. He's not trying to experiment. He's not experiment wherever. Mm. Like that's how he is. Like going to the keepers was like yo. I would sign with you guys if you guys get me Jimmy Butler or Paul George. He knows what he wants. So I don't think he's mm. going to go to them. Of, look at Donkic would interest him because obviously there's the respect. I mean, look at Donkic has touched him in the playoffs. So there, I feel there's that respect like this guy is a baller. But I don't think he respects Chris. Um, what's his name? Pozingis. And I think if he's to... I don't no, think I... he's going to leave Clippers. But hypothetically, if he's to join the Mavs, I don't think Pozingis will remain on the Mavs. Yeah, he can. Yeah. Posing is coming. They have a really, really strong team, and they have a lot of cap space. So I feel like they they have the bag to get Kawhi Leonard and yeah, they have the cap another, space to get Kawhi. Another good, really, really good player if they want to go for the yeah. cup next season. Because I feel like this team really expose yeah. the fact that anybody can get to the NBA finals now if you have the right pieces. Sure. I'm just sure you're about to say something. Oh, I was saying, do you know if um, this guy, Josh Richardson, no, not Josh Richardson, um, Tim Hardaway, is he still on contract next year? No, he's a free agent. Oh, alright, alright. Lakers need shooters, man. That guy was really impressive this season. Yeah, he's a free agent. Apparently, he's interested in Miami. But I'm pretty sure sure the the Mavs would keep him. If the Mavs don't keep him, Probably if he signs for the heat, the Mavs would go for normal power just to replace him. I feel like now. Um, so let's talk about uh, um, the Warriors are looking for Pascal Siakam. Uh, do we see that possible? I'm not interested uh, they have in some, that. They have some trading assets. They have the seventh pick. They have the fourteenth pick. They have and we have Andrew Wiggins and we have. Um, I saw in news recently about James Wiseman being untouchable for this season's free agency and trade. I don't think the Warriors want to trade James Wiseman. Um, he's a 19-year-old kid who only played four college games. Uh, so he basically went straight from high school to the NBA and he showed really, really great potentials this season. I don't think the Warriors want to trade him just yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then Chris... I, um, I don't rate him, but like, it would be very reckless to trade him after yes, such little... Very, very reckless. But it depends, like, what if they get someone like Christian Woods for him? Christian Woods? Yeah. Because I think uh, Rockets, Rockets will be interested in that trade. You know why? Because we all know the Rockets are in the rebuilding process. They have, um, is it Kevin Potter Jr.? They, are, they have the second pick. They are probably going to pick Jalen Green. So, like, if they really want to, like, focus on, like, rebuilding, like, getting a young potential future um good good or star player would yeah. make sense as well as getting the seventh pick as well so i mean like it depends on i think if the warriors can get let's say christian woods i think they'll be willing to trade Wiseman. i do think so yeah possibly but possibly. The their, their cards are close we don't know what they are going to do but then the, the, the most important thing for the Warriors and the Warriors front office, and that's why I really love them, mm-hmm. they don't just acquire players anyhow. They exactly. acquire players that fit with their ideology and their style of play. And um, yeah. Christian Wood is more of an ISO player. 
you know, he, he tries to get to his spot. He needs he needs a lot of ISO plays, and the Warriors don't really do that. The only Steph Curry has um, has that limited unlimited amount of limited unlimited rights to ISO plays in the game. He doesn't even really t- take ISO plays except when it's getting down to clutch time or when they really need the bucket. So uh, Christian would be more of an ISO player to me might um, not allow the Warriors front office try to chase him in free agency. But we'll see, except we want to switch up our style of play, we don't really do ISO players as much. Mm. Kawhi does ISO as well. Except you're a Kawhi, you're a Kawhi or KD, except you're an X-Factor, like Yanis. If you're not an X-Factor, I don't think we want to give you go six ISO plays so you can score two for us. No, 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 I don't think the, I don't think the Warriors want to do that. We want okay. KD will go six ISO plays will give us four. Kawhi will go six ISO plays will give us three. Those are the players we want. You don't want a player that will go on a bad night. Yeah, no, 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 no. We don't. We don't. We're not experimenting anymore. <laughs> Steph Curry like already. You don't like Christian Woods at all. <laughs> I like Christian Woods, but his style of play is just this. I loved D'Angelo Russell, but we traded him because he couldn't work with us. He was an ISO player. He was a pick and roll player. Yeah, we couldn't. He couldn't. He definitely couldn't play with Steph Curry and um, Clay Thompson. That's why we traded him, mm-hmm. and that's why we have the seventh and the fourteenth pick in the draft. But one so, thing, yeah. one thing I don't want the Warriors to do is, I feel like one thing has really helped them that most people don't realize is Clay playing shooting guard. I don't want. I don't want the Warriors to move Clay to small forward. I think that would be a bad move because. One thing that has helped us defensively, defensively as well as offensively, is Clay being six six and playing the shooting guard position as well as he does. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Because so people think, don't realize how big that guy is. That guy is big. Like, that guy is big. <laughs> having him as a shooting guard is like helps your defense. It helps so your much. defense as well as helping because um, if he's shooting guard, they always have to put someone bigger on him, and that would leave someone free with a small guy. So I feel no matter yeah. what they do. I don't want them to go get a guard unless maybe it's like a Bradley Bill or a Lillard or whatever. I don't want them to get like a guard and then move clear to the small forward. I don't think I would like that. But whoever we get, uh, I think the Warriors have a lot of people in the um, the wing position right now. We have Andrew Wiggins, we have Kelly Oubre, we have JT, Toscano Anderson, we have Eric Pascal. We have a lot of guys in that small forward mm. position. So I don't even think the Warriors will want to go all out for another small forward. But, Except we are trading Wiggins or Ubre. We have but, four small forwards on the roster right now. What has what has won us championships? Think about the Warriors championships, bro. In twenty fifteen we had a solid small forward in Mad Band, right? I think Adri Wiggins can play scenario. But when we were unstoppable we had like a great small forward in KD. So the time we were playing three small forwards, KD, Andre Draymond Green, as well. and um, Andre Gutala. That was our small ball lineup. I forgot the even that lineup again. The death, Hampton, yeah, the death lineup. Or the, or the Hampton Five. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Hampton, Hampton five. five. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, it, was that's it was a beautiful time in the NBA. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> I miss those days. <laughs> what do you guys think of the whole Lillard situation? Exactly, it was one of the things I was about to talk about just now. Uh I feel like for me, for Lillard, I feel like for Lillard, it's it's a thing with his mentality right now. He has this Allen Iverson type of mentality. 
he has criticized players for ring chasing. He criticized Paul George for ring chasing. He criticized KD for ring chasing. You know, he has talked about how mm. the NBA now is built around players running from one team to another team trying to look for a ring. So, I don't think he wants to be a hypocrite. Now, I feel I feel like right now it's just his word against himself right now in this situation. He, he has said it right every time that he wants he wants to win in Portland. He wants to attract other superstars come and meet him in Portland. But right now the situation in Portland is just dead. It's not even getting better. Like these guys are the same guys that went to the Western Conference Finals in 2019 and in 2021 they are nowhere to be found in the playoffs. Yeah, like, they are regressing. They are not progressing at all. CJ McCollum. I'll give him. I'll, I'll, I'll give him the excuse of him having uh, a long-term injury in this season. He was in my team in the KJBA league, so the ASPR Fantasy League. So he was he was out for for at least almost three months in the season. So coming back to the playoffs, he was not himself 100%. But aside that, that team just needs help. Through <laughs> that team, we need serious help. Should I tell um, what I think? Lila just has to make a decision. Like it's yes, either right now, he's he requests a trade. I don't think Portland can like get like he leaves with that that uh, he's not getting a ring because Trailblazers are ne- definitely never winning a ring. Guys, Portland yes. can never get him the help he needs. Like let's just be honest with ourselves. No one is interested in going mm. to Portland. No one. Exactly. I can't think of anybody. That, okay, even if they want to get a star player. In it, first of all, they don't have cap space. One, if they want to mm-hmm. get a star player, they need to get rid of CJ McCollum because that's the only guy that could match contracts. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah, that contract rid of... is bad. No team wants CJ McCollum with that contract. So, like, it's... even if even if they are able to find a trade, like, do you think Lillard and one other guy is enough to win a championship in today's end? No, two no. guys are not, three guys are not winning enough to win enough that championship. So, like. Now. You are going to um the guy that is coming or the superstar that they are about to trade for would come and be like you i've taken all of the calf space we don't really have a very good supporting cast so like how is it going to work i think Lillard has on, to demand a trade Jim, is on almost on 40 million dollars who which team wants that trade Lillard, i think cj is on 33. And you know the crazy fact about cj mccollum this guy has never even been an all-star Obviously, we know he has, like, a talent. But, like, I don't think he has made an all-star team. Never. He has never made one. I'm not sure. Maybe he has. I can check it now. No, he has. He hasn't. He hasn't. I didn't even realize. The only thing he has made is the most improved player. Most improved player in 2015. I think it's also also because he was in the West, though, for so long. Yeah, obviously, the West is hard. Would have made the all star team. Yes. I mean, you've yeah, got that, then you had Hardy, you had Corey, you had um, Dean, was Stan, Harding, Lillard. The guard no was, was just overcrowded for that all star in the West. The guard position <laughs> was overcrowded. Chris Paul sometimes you know, yeah. see all star mm-hmm. in some seasons. He didn't see all star last year because of Booker never as in. Do you understand? The All-Star in the West is... The position in the, the West is just true. Know, it, looks so, like, I know. it looks like Luka Doncic is, is setting All-Star every year because he has the fan support. <laughs> Same thing, man. <laughs> he has Luka the fan support. Man, he seems um, to have the player support year. because yeah, last year... Yeah. Last year, he was, he was second um, players and media. 
this year he was taught so he definitely has player and media support as well and fan support is up there with the likes of lebron curry if you look at the votes. no no cap yeah. right now no cap right now True. luca is right there He's right there. So has more votes than KD even. So exactly. most then, time, maybe, time soon. Maybe LeBron will go all out for Damian Lillard and get him. Or uh, maybe the Lakers will just settle with Zach Lavin. The Lakers should get him now. I'm not watching NBA again. Yeah. So you guys I'm honestly fine with Lavin. I don't know how possible M D will be, but I would love them, man. I'd love it. Even Zach Levine. Zach Levine will be a very good addition. I think you guys Lillard, don't have much time. Lillard, Lillard should request a trade, right? And I think he should go to. I don't know how possible Lakers would be, but I think the Celtics and the Sixers are quite possible. So I think, I mean, him going to the Celtics, um, the Celtics could send out Marcus Smart. They could send out from there. Speaking of the Celtics, the Celtics do not want Kemba Walker anymore. They've traded the <laughs> I feel like no, Kemba Walker no. is the major pandemic key. Let's no, see no. play Playoff P redeemed himself this season. Kemba Walker is the real <laughs> pandemic in that team. In, but the, in, the, in the NBA right now. Think of Lillard with um, with um, Green and... Um, JT, oh boy, that would be messy. And now they've got they've got Al Horford that is reliable and knows the system. So like, bro, Lillard. They have Evan Fournier too. Exactly, Lillard, Green, and Tatum. That's <laughs> that's a problem. That would be a really really proper team. And wow. also, he Let's... could also Lillard could also go to Sixers and imagine um, Lillard with Embiid and. Tobias Harris, even though I don't rate Tobias Harris like that, but bro, he's the closer for them now. I don't know why you guys don't live, don't rate Tobias Harris. He's I love not, Tobias Harris. Consistent. I always liked him. Yeah, he's not, and he's one of the reasons why the, the Hawks even beat them because he 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 choked in game four and game five when they needed him the most. But Tobias yeah. Harris is is a star in his own right, not an all star, not a superstar, but a star in his own right. Mm -hmm. I believe. Uh so you guys, before we go, before we get off, uh, Trey Young or Donovan Mitchell, who would you rather build your team around? Whew, that's a good question. Because we saw we saw what both of them could do in this postseason. Last last postseason, we saw Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. We saw some guys turning up. We saw um, Tyler Hero turning up. We saw some other guys last season players. But this season players, the story is on Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell. So who would you rather build your team around? You guys go first. No, Doku, you are going first. Ah, uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> Doku always has hot takes, so uh, I want to hear you go first, Doku. Mm. Yes. I respect, I respect me. both players. I respect both players, but for <laughs> me... Stop going the same routes, man. Pick one. I'll go with Donovan Mitchell. I'll go with Donovan Mitchell, and primarily because of <laughs> Um, his potential defensively and his size as well. I think I'll go. Yes, I, feel, I think I'll pick Donovan because feel, of size as well. Yeah, so. I'll go with Donovan Mitchell Damn, because I can, always find, I can always find a good playmaker on the market. You get what I'm saying? But mm. scorers like scorers that have the ability of Donovan Mitchell are quiet. You can't really get them easily. So, I think I'll I'll go with Donovan Mitchell. Then I'll to build around him. Then I'll find like a very good. 
playmaker that can also create for other people around. And that's what the jam has like also like really improved. Yeah, it's obviously like like amazing. I think these players he even played points because at, at some time when he was yeah. off because of his injury he played points and he really mm-hmm. fight, he tried he, he was having 45 points 6, 7 assists so he, he scored and still facilitated yeah. the ball well I feel like he's a complete player in my books he's strong yeah. he can finish I'll he can shoot from deep I love Donovan Mitchell so much he's, he's really athletic yeah. he, has, he has everything to be a superstar in this league the thing is, I feel I should actually be like a scout manager or talent manager in the NBA. Like, that draft, I was actually surprised with Ivan Mitchell went that low. Because I was like, this guy is legit a top five player in this draft. And down the line, like, we can all see how good he is. Same thing I said about Luka, I was like, Luka Doncic is number one. Like, I don't understand anything not picking Luka Doncic number one. And now we can see, so probably... I'll send my resumes to some NBA teams out there, like, yo, hire me, like, I'm a good talent guy. <laughs> but then, Joshua, you've not made your own, you've not, you've not said your own take on Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell. Oh, I thought we all agreed. Um, I, was, I was taking um, Mitchell. I, why are we agreeing? Or why are we all agreeing today? So <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Why are we all agreeing today? <laughs> <laughs> today is really, really awkward. Uh, Yes, I think the Nova Mitchell is way more complete and I, I think mm-hmm. we'll see them do better next season. Uh, but then what do you think is the plan for 76ers and Ben Simmons going mm-hmm. forward? I think Is this the last That's... question? Because I'm going to unload on Ben Simmons. <laughs> that guy, that guy... <laughs> Check the stats, check online. And take I'm the even, floor, take I'm the not, floor, take the floor. I'm not exaggerating or anything. This guy has gotten worse every year. Bro. He's gotten worse Bro. every single year, shooting wise. He's not improving. He's not. He's, he's like, not improving at all. It's not worse. You hear, you hear comments from like people close to the Sixers team saying like he's not even willing to work on his shots. He's stubborn, like he looks like a stubborn guy. He has yeah. a contract, so like he's like, what do I even have to do? He doesn't care about what people have to say about him. He's not helping the team at all. Like, okay, look at the situation between look at um Simmons and Embiid. What has Embiid always said? Like in the media, Embiid is like, Oh yeah, I always have to play outside just because oh yeah, like the team needs me to. He's not mentioning Simmons name, but you know, like he's saying he's forced to play outside yeah, yeah. because Simmons is not willing to learn how to shoot. He's not willing to shoot. So MB, it's actually um, affecting Embiid's game as well. And it looks like he's not even. The different thing is if he even attempts this shot. He does not attempt this I shot. I don't even understand this dude, man. Like I understand. Crazy. And I was watching one YouTube video one time of uh, Ben Simmons in a in an open gym with players. Bro, this guy was in his bag. From deep range, fade away, I watched deep, the video deep too. threes. I saw him hitting all kind of shots, and I was like, "What? Is this the same player that doesn't want to shoot in the game?" I, f- I think he needs to see a sport therapist at this point. One I think thing, it's one thing I also want to add is like we all know, like regular season is the regular season is different from the playoffs. The, your true colors will always your true colors will always come out in the playoffs. Always look at Yanis. Yanis nope. Yanis was a two time MVP, but in the playoffs. 
or is a two-time MVP. In the playoffs, you, you see his limitations, and that's where the team can really realize what they need to do to to block all those limitations he has. Mm. Ben Simmons, are you listening? Ben Simmons is not willing yeah. to shoot from outside. He's not shooting, he's not willing to shoot from the mid-range. He's not willing to shoot free throws. And now from nowhere, he's even scared he's to shoot on the inside. He passed up an open dunk. He, like What's so, wrong with that guy? What, what can you even do right. with this guy? Like <laughs> what do you, like what I'm I'm I you're paying this guy thirty-three million dollars. He's not willing it's to shoot from outside, inside free throws he can't shoot. So what what do you do with him? And and let me even say Trey Young was sourcing up on him. Like <laughs> the first day of the year, you cannot guard ordinary Trey Young. What can you do exactly? What what is your bro? They are saying, they were saying defensively, help. defensively. Like let me even say this about Simmons. Like I've always said, like his main issue so like I know the shot is a, is a problem, but like his main issue is that this guy is just too damn passive. Because like with his body type and his athleticism. This guy should be averaging at least twenty just off exactly. drives alone. No cap, but just like, off drives alone, he can average twenty if he wants to. If he wants to, exactly. But he's averaging sixteen. Like his average this season is even lower than his rookie year. Let's not talk How about regular season playoffs. This guy averaged. What did he average in the Hawks series? Like five just seven points per game. So embarrassing. Sure. Ben Simmons averaged five points per game against Atlanta Hawks. And five, five. Every, five everybody is shouting, yes, "Oh, like he's a defensive masterclass or whatever." Trey Young touched this and guy. Trae Young, he didn't Trae stop Trey Young. Young. Team. Nah, you can't do that, and you're a max player. Exactly. Like, like the thing is, I have no problem with like if Ben Simmons is a role player that can't shoot, but he's, he's a good playmaker. Let's know mm. that. But when this guy is holding a large percentage of the cap space, you can't get other players, and it's also limiting the other players around him. Like, did you watch? I think Seth Curry was playing for two people offensively because mm. all Simmons yeah. do is run, 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 pass to Curry, and obviously we all know Curry is a dead, is a dead eye shooter, and he shoots. That's all Simmons was doing. He didn't want to attack the rim. He was scared of fouls. So I'm like, what? Like in the regular season, this guy can come back and average his 15 and 9 assists or whatever. But in the playoffs, his true color is always going to come out. Always. So, uh, what do you think is, uh, what do you think the Sister should do going forward with Ben Simmons? He's on a max contract. They cannot trade him because nobody wants that contract for that kind of player. Trading is not only the question. Nobody wants that contract, Doku. Nobody wants that contract. Nobody's getting Ben Simmons. Some people are still interested. I heard the Minnesota Timberwolves are interested in him. The sports are interested. Some people in have to be because, like, he's still young, but like, it's just mm-hmm. to find them and to convince them. But like, he's young, so I'm sure some people will be willing. They will still be but willing like, some people have him. to realize that he's not it. He's not and it going forward. Um, building your team around Embiid because even, he's injuring Embiid. Guys, I'm not even trying to be too critical, but. When, like, this guy clearly has his own flaws, and it's obvious he's not even willing to work on them. Like, it's obvious, like, it's very obvious that he doesn't care. Sorry about using Yanis' example, but like, Yanis is a great player, Yanis is one of the best in the league. But 
We all know Yanis has his flaws and he works on them in the game, in the practice. He's hard working, he wants you to work. But this guy is really willing that's to That's one thing you can't, you can't say that Yanis doesn't improve or he doesn't exactly. care. We saw him, his shooting got better this year. His mid-range shooting got better this year. Exactly. Everything got better this year in mm -hmm. shooting. Even if they are bad, even if it was slightly better, we still saw improvements from last season. And that's the most important he thing. He comes back every year. Every year, Yanis improves. Why will you be getting paid thirty-three million dollars a year, and you're not willing to do anything? You are a, you are a thief. That's robbery. <laughs> That's daylight robbery right there. It's painful because thirty-three million dollars a year is a lot of money. It's, it's a, a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know. Like, if I was a GM, oh, man, I'll be hard to work with though because I'm paying you this money. You're meant to work on your game. You're meant to make us win. But it seems like you don't even care about winning. Mm. No, if I was if I was a GM. If I was a GM, bro, I'm not even capping you right now. I could literally find Ben Simmons and beat him up. <laughs> like, beat him physically or call guys that will help me beat him because nah, like, he like, needs discipline. You now he needs beating. What he needs now is beating. Someone just needs to beat him the fuck up. Do you understand? Need it's a Yo. very, very crazy situation out there. I know I remember I never really liked some six hours. I told you. And I was saying it at the beginning of the playoffs that the Heat would take out 76ers. The Heat did not would take out 76ers. We saw Trey Young taking out 76ers. I told you they were never serious contenders. You remember, I said I was not going to say anything about 76ers because I don't believe in them. And they proved me right. Two seasons in a row, and Bid is going out of the playoffs. He's crying again. He <laughs> does. Do grand grind the playoffs in the regular season. Do like he's the, uh, the MVP of the regular season. Playoffs is. He's always crying. Can you remember Kawhi Leonard hitting that shot that bounced around the team times? <laughs> that was one of them. A bit cried. That was a crazy shot. A bit cried. cried. Yeah. I knew he was going to cry this year as well. He's always crying. So it's not a new thing to me. Seen what did, what did Simon say about that? It was like that shot right there made him realize like it's so hard to win in the NBA. So you know this and you're not even willing to work on your game. Like, damn. It's just nonsense. <laughs> well, let's leave Ben Simmons alone, man. How is next season looking? We have the draft class is padded. We start studded right now. We have Kate Cunningham. We have Jalen Shogs. We have Jalen Green. We have, bro, you have this draft class. You have some this guys. draft class this year is the most stacked draft class since that 2016 draft class. I'm not even lying to no, you. No, since 2018. Since, sorry, since 2018. That draft class that had JT. That had, um, that had, um, um, I think Lonzo Ball and all those other guys. No, that draft class you're talking of. No, no, no. 2018 had Trey Young, Luka Doncic, um, um, DeAndre Ayton. Like, if you look at the way the, their players in that draft are shining now, Mark, also Mark, 2018, 2018's draft class. So, would you, you take, so you take 2018 draft class over um, the draft class that had um, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, um, not, maybe not. Let me check. Let me check. Maybe not over, but I'll say the um, 2018 draft class is good as well. Maybe not better. Let oh, yeah? Maybe not better, but they are good. 2018 draft class. But this 2021 draft class is a really, really tough draft class, man. A really, really tough yeah. one. We have we have um, Kate Cunningham. To me, I feel like he's a straight-out superstar. I feel like he enters the league and he Guys. makes his all-stars. His first All-Star appearance in the first three seasons. Let me tell you the 2018 draft class. This is the 2018 draft class. We've got 18. 
Donkic, Jaren Jackson, Trey Young, Colin Sexton, Mikael Bridges, Shai Gilgeous Alexander. You've got Michael Porter Jr. You've got Dante oh. Vincenzo. You've got Kevin. Oh. You've got Kevin Hoeder in Atlanta Hawks. Okay, so like this, okay. this draft class as well is, I would say, okay, it's, it's draft class well. is the best draft You've class also got Gary right. Trent Jr. as well. Like there are some okay. guys here. So okay. both both um, the Lonzo Ball draft class and 2018 draft class, I would say. I know that you've listed them out, like spelled them out fully. I think I'll go with the 2018 draft class as well. Yeah. yeah? But, but in this 2021 draft class... Is, yeah, it's looking very good. Um, how do you think drafts will affect... How do you think this draft will affect um, players, like the teams going out next season? Wait, what do you mean? Uh, what do you mean? Like, um, with the players available and the way the... Um, you know... Um, draft picks are already set. I think Warriors have seven, yeah, seventh yeah. pick and the fourteenth pick. The Detroit Pistons have the first pick. Mm-hmm. How do you think this draft class is going to affect teams going into next season? Oh, like, I don't know. Like I know, I I know this class. Hello. Hello. I think we've lost. No about. Okay. So, Dux, how do you think this draft class will affect the teams going into next season? Hmm. I think, um... The Detroit Pristons are rebuilding, so I don't think they would make any special moves. Houston Rockets as well rebuilding. I don't think Warriors would want to make the pick. Warriors would want to trade those picks and get, like, a solid player that they can pair up with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. So, and that's very, very true. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think... I feel like this draft class will have very, very little effect on next season. It won't have that much effect right. because most of the teams up there are kind of like in the rebuilding phase. Because we've got Cleveland yeah. at three, we've got Toronto Raptors at four. So, I don't think it should change much. Yeah, I don't think it should change much. But then we're definitely seeing some talent in the league next season. Yeah, definitely. Keep coming down sure. like... I mean, I love that talent so wise, like, I love that boy so much. Yeah, Detroit Pistons are getting like a very, very good talent in Cunningham. I think Houston Rockets should go for Jalen Green. That guy's a baller. Jalen Green, yes. Yeah. Then Cavs, uh, Cavs should go for yeah, so two guards now. Because don't they still have Kevin Carter? Is Jalen Green a like, guard? Jalen Green is a small forward. Some more prediction. Jalen Green is projected to be. He's six nine. He's going to get to the bucket. He's athletic. He's a freak. Mm. That boy is an athletic freak. Yeah. Jalen Green is yeah. an athletic freak. Definitely going to be interesting. But I don't think any of these players are like significant enough to. They are not to look at LeBron. That would yes, like. Yes, that would change up things. Mm. And even look at LeBron. First couple years, they missed playoffs, so it's really hard to <laughs> to help you. Team, how to jump like that. But the next season will be fun to watch, man, because a lot of things will happen. I'm really looking for the moves. Shuffling of players yes, and all that. I'm very interested in what's going to happen this season because there are a lot of teams that need to get it right. A lot of. You look at Mavs. A man. lot. Mavs literally have one more year of Luka Doncic's $10 million contract. 
upper year is going before to, the request for 50 million that he deserves upper year is going to sign a, i think he's going to sign an extension this season that will kick in next year which is five year 200 million dollars so they have the cap space this year and they need to get it right now you get what i'm saying so it's very this off season is very very important for a lot of teams a lot Wow, that would be a really, really fun one to watch. It's also important for the Lakers as well. Yeah. Let's just look forward to that draft night. Uh, let's see how the teams speak and how they trade. I know a lot of teams have been trading their picks because nobody wants to be doing rebuilding. It's really those teams that want to go for the championship next season. But then, it's really been a fun season to watch. Uh, I'm still going to hold you guys accountable to your picks. Doku, you have the box at six. <laughs> Joshua, we both have the box in seven. Uh, yes, sir. Talked about how the series should plan out. Hopefully, there are no more injuries and we enjoy an action-packed NBA Finals. I just, I, that's all I want to see. Man. I just want to see it go down to the wire. So I know that I don't waste my sleep. I enjoy my matches. You know, <laughs> we have fun with it. But then it's been, it's been, it's been really, really fun talking to you guys about this, man. Same here. Same talked here. about it a lot. And then the yeah, funny man. part is we did not really argue much as I expected. <laughs> we did not really argue much. But then that's good. That means we all made we all made the right prediction. So hopefully uh we predicted the right things and we'll see what plans are from there. Ah, nice one. Yeah. So this is this is the off season episode two. Uh last episode was episode one. This is the off season episode two. And then uh, yeah. That's basically it, man. Two AM today. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I man. Joshua and Doku, nice one talking with you guys, man. Same, same. same. Guys, it's been really, 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 really fun episode. It was episode. a pleasure. Really, yeah, bro. Really, really fun episode. I like so. talking basketball. Like, it's fun. Because I don't have a lot of friends in the UK that watch basketball like that. Yeah, they are really scars. So <laughs> when you see me that can talk basketball, I just connect quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, bro. So it's, it's the off season, episode two, Ground Tape Podcast. It's been a fun one to watch, to listen to, sorry. My bad. Yeah, Alright guys, we out.